When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Allie Peak, TJ Pittinger, you're listening to Peak to Pit Week 8 of the college football season coming up, which is absolutely bananas. I am so not ready for it to be Week 8. Uh, the season is flying by. Uh, TJ and I both went to see our schools play this weekend, right, TJ? You went up, didn't you? I did, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Not a not a great business trip for either one of us. Uh Let's talk about it, TJ. How was your weekend outside of that? It was good. We did a big, huge tailgate. Um, there was a lot of Guthrie's and a lot of beer and a lot of other fun stuff. And that was a ton of fun. Um, I ran around on Friday and saw some people and met some people. So that was cool. Um, we went out. Florida State does a big um, kind of a block party on Friday nights mm -hmm. down in College Town. And so there's just, you know, a few thousand people out on the streets and all the bars down there by Madison Social. So that's a fun time. Um, and then, yeah, Saturday was a, a bunch of fun. I sat in a suite for the game, which was okay. Um, and the game was, you know, we'll, we'll get to it in a minute. But game wasn't great. Um, I mean, actually, it was it was fine. I mean, it was kind of exactly what I expected. But, um you know, you, you'd have rather won, but yeah, good weekend overall. How about you? Did I lose you? Insane for us. Um, Hadley and Hayden both had a gymnastics meet up. Oh, I don't know. Can you hear me? Yeah. It's, I think it's I can hear you. Plot. So I don't know. Can you hear me? Oh. Yeah, I think you're All good. Right. Well, hopefully we stay on. Okay. Uh, we had a gymnastics meet this weekend. Hayden had her very first meet of the season for, uh, gymnastics. She won first in all four events and first all around. So good day at the office for Hayden Hadley, who is the same level, but they, they basically break the levels into divisions based on your highest score in that level. So Hadley competed a couple of weeks ago. So she already had a score and her score is high enough for her to be in the elite division, which is the highest division that there is. And she got second overall. She took first in two events, uh, uh, second in two events, second overall. So pretty, uh, pretty good day at the office for them, but awards weren't over till five 30. So we literally had to shove them out the door to our babysitter as we continued up by 75 to Gainesville and made it like 20 minutes into the game, which was really only like four minutes into the game, but it helps. All right. So which game you want to start with? Actually, let's do this. We did this later in the show last week. So we'll try and do it a little bit earlier. Um, Shout out to Greg Brunt over at Brunt Insurance, 954-589-2204, home car, boat, motorcycle insurance. Um, if you have a trailer, if you have um, an RV, whatever you have that has wheels and needs to be insured, if you really want to insure your bicycle, I'm sure you can work on that too. But Brett, Brunt Insurance, Greg Brunt and the team, you go to bruntinsurance.com or you can call him at 954-589-2204. Appreciate their support and appreciate them rocking with us this season. Uh, which which uh, which game you want to talk about first? 
Let's talk about your game first. So Florida State gets out to a pretty good start, um, has a 14-7 to lead on Clemson, had gotten a couple of stops. Clemson comes back and ties it up, and Florida State's driving with about a minute and a half left to go. Uh, actually, Clemson takes the lead, 17-14, to and Florida State is driving um, and around midfield with a chance to potentially go tie it up. There was about a minute left in the first half, and – Jordan travels, Travis fumbles the ball. Clemson takes over in their own territory to end up going up by 10 at the half. Then they take the opening kickback 70 yards and the score on the next play. So truthfully, in a matter of about three minutes of game time, a 13, I'm sorry, a three-point lead in which you were driving and around midfield turns into a 17-point lead and the Knowles could never recover. They did play fairly well after that. They did fight back. They did make it a one-score game, but they never had the ball with a chance to win. Um, the defense did kind of bow up. They stopped Clemson, and you know Florida State just kind of a, a, a multitude of mistakes, kind of unforced. They had the fumble around midfield. They were stopped on fourth down three times in the game. Um, one of those – on her own 26-yard line, they went for a fake punt and couldn't get it. That led to three Clemson points. Another one at our own at their four-yard line couldn't convert there. Obviously, that's seven points off the board for not being able to convert on that one. The the fumble cost you seven points. Uh, Florida State outgained Clemson and had more yards per play. Um, so played outside of you know, the massive fatal errors played the game about as well as you could have hoped played, you know, the game well enough to be in it. Had they not just absolutely shot themselves in the foot um, really during a, a, a three minute span, that was just terrible, terrible football. Um, and uh, that, you know, that was the story of the day had a, had a shot. Had you not, you know, they always talk about the first four minutes and the last four minutes. I remember the 2013 team being so good at that. It seemed like every game the Knowles would score going into the half, and then we always deferred. So we'd always score coming out of the half. And if a game was close or if a game was somewhat in the balance, that would typically end it. Um, and that's exactly what Clemson did. You know, they, they took Florida State's fumble in the first half and converted it for seven points, and then they came out immediately in the second half, drove down, actually didn't drive down, just had a long kick return, um, that put the ball inside of Florida State's 30 and they scored there. And, you know, Clemson was the, was the better team. Yeah. I think both teams played fairly evenly minus Florida state's huge mistakes. Clemson didn't make any mistakes like that on the night. They played clean. They played efficient. They took what Florida state gave them. Um, and they look like the better team and they were, they end up winning by six and um, it went down you know, I, well, you know, uh, from a score perspective, about like I expected, I picked Clemson to cover here. I thought they were a little bit better. Um, it's, you know, it's unfortunate that Florida State, you know, when you outgain a team and you have more yards per play, it's not like it was just one big, long, fluky play that kind of did that. Like Florida State played well enough offensively, just couldn't couldn't finish a couple of drives, had the big turnover, didn't convert on a fake punt, ended up losing the game. So, it's about, again, not really how I thought it would go down. Like, I thought Clemson would just kind of be the better team, which they were, right? Like, they didn't have the mistakes. But 
unfortunate because they, you know, they probably had a shot if they didn't just shoot themselves in the foot so many times. Well, I wish I could say a whole lot about the game, but I honestly didn't get to watch it because I was in our game, which I'm sure is probably uh, how you feel about ours. But after... No, I watched yours. We had it on in the room. We had it on. Oh, well. It was, it was, I was bringing me a lot of joy the, while we were... In the atmosphere there. I mean, it was bringing me joy to see your score <laughs> updates every once in a while, but uh, I didn't actually get to watch any of it. But I know that you, you thought this was going to happen, so it wasn't a situation where you were caught off guard or surprised. But... Okay, so knowing what you've what you've watched this far in the season, knowing what you think of Clemson as a whole, where do you think Florida State is in their development seeing how they played against Clemson? That's the bar for the season, right? Is is how you play against Clemson probably? Yeah, I think we probably feel similarly to how Florida fans felt after Tennessee, right? You were down a lot, fought back against a really good team, you made it close in the end probably we're never really going to win it, but you had a shot at the end. And so I think that that's kind of about how you feel, right? You early in the fourth quarter for both of our games, we probably were like, shoot, we're getting blown. We're both down by 17. It was the same exact thing, both down by 17, both not loving life. <laughs> and uh, you know, you find a way to come back. You're proud of the fight. You're proud of the hustle. But at the end of the day, like you, you've got to find a way to win those games. I mean, I expect the team to lose to Clemson. So, I, you know, I don't, I didn't come out of the Clemson game like thinking any differently than I did going into it. Right. I think if, if we'd have found a way to one to win, I'd have probably felt a little bit better. If we'd have gotten blown out, I'd have probably felt a little bit worse. Right. But the game went down about like I thought I did, like I thought it would. I thought it would take, I thought for us to win, it would take us playing a near perfect game and Clemson making the multitude of mistakes that we did. Like, that's kind of how I saw it. Like we would need Clemson to fail on a fourth down and have a turnover in their own territory and us to be pretty perfect. So I, how do I feel after the game? I mean, about like I did before, I don't feel much different. I think that Florida state is a team that can beat the teams that they're supposed to beat, but they're not ready to, beat the teams that they're not supposed to beat just yet. Right. You know, I, but I it's mean, maybe, three, so maybe like when, maybe you, when are you ready for that? Or are you under, I mean, under Norvell? So I, I understand that the year three thing is a pretty catchy. Um, I mean, that is where a lot of programs cut bait is year three. So, well, I, don't think I, Florida, I mean, so I don't think, so I don't know if that's the implication or not, but I don't think Florida state's going to cut bait here. Yeah. So like, I, I know that I think that Florida, I think the administration at Florida state understands the situation that Mike Norvell walked into and they've seen the progress and the growth that's happened from year one to year two to year three. And so I think as long as that upward trend continues, um, that they're going to be fine right now, Florida state goes two and three to finish these last five games. Yeah. I think that matters, but yeah, the answer is, yeah, they're, they're not ready to beat those teams yet. Right. They're not, they're not ready to take that step and beat top 15 programs that they're dogs against. Right. Like, I, I mean, I, I don't think that that, I don't think that that shocks anybody. I think that everybody kind of expected this month to be very, very difficult, whether this right. was year right. three or year 30, right. You play two top 15 teams and you right. play a top five team. You're going to lose those right. a lot when you're unranked. Like it doesn't matter right. what year it is. It doesn't matter, you know, it doesn't matter what, yeah. like those, you know, those are tough, tough games. 
I think a lot is to be determined with how the season finishes up. You're not playing anybody that is out of this world or unbeatable. And so you've got five winnable games. How do you play in those five games? If at the end of this season, we're looking back at it and Florida state goes four and one to finish the year and their final records, eight and four, and they're playing a pretty decent bowl game. I think that's pretty solid. I think going from three wins, to five wins to nine wins is pretty good How progress. You, and then uh, I think, and then I think the, to answer your question on when next year, you have to win nine or 10 games. Like that's to me, that's the progression. And, and I what's the recruiting th- bar for that too? Cause that's a part, that's a factor of this, right? Like year one, you're not playing with your guys. Year two, you're not really playing with your guys. Year three, you're playing with some of your guys. So at this point, you're having a mediocre season with your own players instead of a mediocre season with somebody else's players. So what is the, so if, if eight and four, which eight and four is, is good, right? It's a good season. It's not a great season. It's not where the expectation is or should be, but it's an, it's an okay season. Eight and four is not a fireable season. Four, in a, in for a the, So I want to back up from that. Eight and four for this year is a good year. Okay. It's not the standard I, I, of Florida well, first State. Of all, I called I, it a good year. That's a, yeah, You're yeah. using my own words. I said yeah, it's a good year. Sure. It's not you the standard. Well, you said it's an okay year as well. So I just wanted to clarify. Okay. Well, a good and okay are it's similar in my book here. But so uh yeah. in in a bubble, eight and four is for sure not a fireable offense, right? But eight and four, year three, coupled with so so recruiting, at what is what is the what is the class ranking that you think that couples this that keeps him safe for year four? So I've never or seen is a there coach because it doesn't try, matter. So I've never seen a coach that was fired solely based on no. the the recruiting class. So right. well, you know, so I so to to me it no, I mean Dan won four games last year, five games last year, you know. So like no, I, I understand that recruiting was an issue, but if he'd have won 10 games last year, nobody would have cared. I mean, right. it's winning and losing. Right. So the answer is there's there's not one. There's not a recruiting class that matters, right? Okay. We've never seen it done before, but if Mike Norvell recruits the 20th ranked class in perpetuity, but wins 11 games every year outside of that, it's not going to happen. But I'm just saying, nobody, he's not getting fired. He's not getting fired based on his recruiting class. So, but what's the recruiting class? I think Florida state needs to have mm-hmm. for it to move forward. Sure. It'd be somewhere in that 12 to 16 range. I think yeah. you need to be number two or number three in the ACC. It's pretty clear. Clemson's going to recruit number one. And so you, and, and Miami's likely going to be number two, but if you recruit at, the 12 to 15 to 16 range, you're going to be the next highest ACC program, right? right? And that's, to me, you can't ask for Florida State to make the jump to number one in the ACC. I think what they need to do is they need to get back to consistently being number two in the ACC. And if you can be number two in the ACC consistently, you're winning 10 games a year. And that's how you end up closing the gap. Florida State winning 10 games a year probably puts them in that, seven to 12 recruiting range, as opposed to 12 to 16. So to me, an eight win season this year, we need to be, have around a top 15 class. Okay. Now I will say that the transfer portal matters some with that too. Sure. The rankings and, are all certainly right. all messed up now that we include transfers and Florida state's been very, very good in the transfer portal. So he has, I, you know, they have been good. Uh, I do. am very amused. I don't know if you saw Jen, uh, commented on Twitter that you sound very Dan Mullen like when you are using the outgained them as a as a moral victory there. 
I mean, again, I don't know. I mean, you know, everything we say is a moral victory, right? If your team loses, like, is that, you know, is that you what it is? You find the positives. I mean. Yeah, I think it's know. a good thing Florida State did that, but they just sucked so bad and couldn't get out of their way. They couldn't find a way to win. You know, <laughs> I thought they played well enough in certain aspects, but obviously Hey, you literally just said they sucked so bad that this, my night's made. That was, thanks, yeah. Jen, for the All right, well, let's talk, yeah. on that one. Let's talk about your team now. Let's talk about uh, – LSU scored on every single possession that they had except for one Until on uh, 13 Saturday minutes night. and 12 seconds to yeah. go in the fourth quarter. First time they punted. Yeah. Florida's record. I just saw this on Twitter in their last 14 games in the SEC down to three and 11. Um, Not pretty. And it doesn't, doesn't get any easier. We'll focus a little bit. It's a bye week. So we'll, maybe we'll focus a little more on uh, upcoming opponents um, after this, but uh doesn't really get any easier with the next few games coming up. No, the next two games for sure. It doesn't get any easier. Um, so like I said, at the, at the top of the show, we were late to the game because life children, uh, we walked in, I think there was four or five so minutes. Was the team. The clock. So um, no, actually I was looking at all of the, the stats and the, well, the offense, the Florida, offense came out. Florida yeah. outscored LSU in the first quarter. And then in the fourth quarter, um, they, was that due terrible. to having that? I mean, that was due to having more possessions, right? In both. I mean, that was because uh, because it, it's not like they were. I don't know that Florida not, had more possessions in the fourth quarter. I gotta go it's back. Not like they were, and I missed because it's not like they, they were stopping first. LSU. Right, um, so they had the ball more in the first quarter. So they, I'll have to go back and uh, look and see how many times they each had the ball in the for, in the first quarter. I do not think that they had the ball more in the fourth quarter, but uh, I think LSU had the ball more. But we'll have to go back and check that out. Regardless, they. They outscored LSU in the first and the fourth. They were terrible in the second and really, really terrible in the third quarter. Um, Anthony Richardson was decent. 15 of 25, 185 yards passing, 109 yards rushing. Uh, running backs were good. 210 yards, average 6.4 yards per carry. Honestly, this isn't on the offense. Were they perfect? No. But if your team scores 35 points, I expect that my defense is good enough that that's enough to win. And it was not. Um, Florida's defense was honestly probably the worst Florida defense that I have seen that I can remember in my lifetime. So we're talking about at least the last 25 years. Um, I don't think them back. I've seen, well, you know, that's interesting too, because Florida was abysmal on third down and the saying used to be third in Grantham. And, uh, you know, I don't know if we change it to third and Tony at this point, or we just say third and these players, because it's basically the same guys that have had a problem getting off the field for the last several years. Um, LSU was eight of 12 on third down. I, Florida has one of the worst uh, third down defenses in the country. Statistically, um, LSU was also two of two on fourth downs. It, it wasn't pretty, but even though it wasn't pretty, it also never really felt over either. Um, Florida had an interception. Jason Marshall Jr. had a beautiful interception. Really did feel like the tide was going to turn. Um, it was wiped out by a penalty on Dexter um, roughing the passer, which I don't know if you went back and saw that. I, I think that by definition, it probably does constitute yeah, roughing the passer. Dog. Can't cheat. In actuality, I don't know what a defender is supposed to do outside of exactly what he did. Didn't drive the quarterback into the ground. Didn't launch at him. Didn't like there's nothing other than landing on him because it was a two-arm tackle. I don't really know what your your move there is. He didn't lead with his head. Didn't like there's nothing 
about the tackle itself that was illegal in any way. He literally landed on top of him, which again, by definition, could be roughing the passer and obviously was at that moment. It's just a frustrating penalty because one flag wasn't thrown until after the interception was already caught. So that's frustrating as well. But two, I just don't really know what you do to not get that penalty in that moment. Um, but that honestly, that was, that was the moment that the game became out of reach was the moment that that penalty was called. Um, it really never got closer than it was in that moment. Um, but you know, I, there's not a whole lot. I mean, of the penalty was to take yeah, yeah. The penalty um, was correct. I just will say that. Like we don't, you know, I, I agree that it's a dumb rule, but it was called correctly. Like you, you just can't land on them. Like you've got to find a way to roll off. I know yeah, that that's I easier mean, for me I to just, say sitting on my couch, but like it was called correctly. I mean, like it, it I, I think I think textbook wise it was. I just think it's it's silly. You, it's crazy that just, something changes. The like I just yeah. don't know. I don't know. I think in that moment, I don't really know how you do anything differently. But when everything about the tackle outside of that is perfectly legal, like you launch when that happens, totally can wrap my head around it. You lead with your head. Yeah. You hit him late. I, think it's just all the, of those I just things. think it's the. I think it's the the idea behind it is the weight of the player. Sure, like they don't want. Sure. I know and, Dexter's not a three hundred pounder. Been, but they don't want a. Um, they don't want a three hundred pound guy landing his full body weight on the quarterback. I and get so it. I, and I think that there's I, a good thing that we've seen when you're driving the quarterback into the ground or you're And like, I don't I think mean, he drove. And he I don't did think it. he drove him, but I do think he landed his body weight on him. He and did a hundred percent. And and it is by definition it's a rule. But it's it's just it's frustrating for that to happen in that moment because there's it's very hard Players to see be what smarter. the alternative to that is. Um but I don't know how you're smarter. How do you get to the quarterback and I mean, I don't know. I I just, but regardless, there's not a whole lot of positives out of this game. And I, you know, I left, there's a couple things I'm frustrated with. Um, I'm frustrated watching the defense. This is, uh, you know, sitting next to my husband who, you know, (laughs) would bleed for this program, uh, you know, gave four years of his life to this program. Watching him get so frustrated when like, let's say the play moves to the right side of the field. And the defenders on the left side are just kind of standing there. There's no like swarm to the ball. There's no, you know, attack where the play is. It's like, oh, I get this play off because it's not on my side kind of thing. And that is really frustrating to watch. It's frustrating as a regular fan. I know former players, we talked to several after the game who were all really, really frustrated about that. I, it's a hard thing to put into words because this team is bought into what Napier is saying, right? They, every single game that they've lost, they've been in. And there's been situations in all the ones that they've lost where they were down by a pretty significant amount of time, or I mean, amount of points. And it would be easy to be like, all right, I'm out, you know, and, and quit fighting because it looked like it was an insurmountable lead at that point. And that has never happened this season. And so I think that these guys are fully bought in. However, I still don't think that you're getting relentless effort on every play when they're in uh, the game. And that is uh, effort can be coached. Right. And I don't know. I, you know, I talked to somebody about it and they're like, Oh, these are just players left over from before that just can't, you know, that they can't change their ways or whatever. Well, if that's the case, if we're going to lose anyway, get them off the field. If you can't give, you know, five to what, what did Urban Meyer say? Three to five seconds of relentless effort each play, if you are really that stubborn to change, maybe you shouldn't be on the field. If Florida's not going to win anyway, throw some young guys out there, at least got them cut their teeth, get some experience. If the outcome's the same anyway, there at least is some long-term game there. Um, so that was, that was frustrating. Uh, 
kind of to watch. And some of the body language on the side was, was frustrating. Um, I also kind of, I'm frustrated a little bit with the way that the defense is called. They have, they're having, uh, the DBs play really far back, um, from the line of scrimmage. And I, I know it's because they don't trust their safeties, right? Like they think that they're going to get burnt on a deep ball, but they're getting burned for 17 yards, a a, a down playing the way they're playing. So I, I don't know that I think it's a strategy that's working. I think, um, I think that it's a little bit of a cop out to blame this on it being Dan Mullins players though. And this is why outside of Georgia Alabama and LSU who have consistently recruited better than Florida the last six, eight years consistently. There is not a program in the SEC who has consistently recruited better than Florida. There just isn't. So you can't tell me that Josh Heupel walked into a locker room full of Pruitt's players that are better athletes, higher rated guys than what Dan Mullen left in the locker in the locker room. You know, I think it's revisionist history to make it seem like, you know, Dan Mullen had classes in the 20 to 30 range every single year. And this is just what you have to deal with. There are guys that that lots of big schools wanted in this locker room. Is it the talent that Napier wants? No, he's got a higher standard than what is currently in that locker room. And I do believe that we will see that come. However, I think we have to do better with the people that are currently in the, the locker room. They're not his players. But figure it out, right? These are they're they're SEC caliber players, most of them, and you've got to figure out a way to put a better product on the field. The product is worse today than it was against Utah, and I don't love that. Um, I do think it's important to take into account. I talked to my brother today, and you know, Scott went through. I want to say three defensive coordinators during his time playing for Florida, and he's like, you know, do not discount how hard it is to learn a new system regardless of the type of reference point right um it's but it's just not fun it doesn't make it any less painful it doesn't uh you know it's it it sucks to lose to LSU it sucks to look like this at home it sucks to feel like the defense looks looks worse than they looked week one but that's kind of where we are um, I think that the all's on the defense yeah no they're pretty terrible and LSU um you know I mean you, you the defense made Jaden Daniels look like a Heisman candidate I mean like he yeah. he was you know and put, I understand that Five hundred yards of total offense LSU put up. Yeah. I mean, that's that's yeah, it, pretty insane. It's crazy how just really anything he wanted, he was he was able to do. And I understand they've been together. You know, like I think that Florida State was somewhat fortunate to get to play them first. You know, game mm-hmm. of the year as opposed to yeah. now. But yeah, it, it was just the defense was absolutely, you know, atrocious. Yeah. <laughs> like just one of the worst defensive performances. Like, again, for a team to literally only punt once and never turn the ball over, right? Like, they had right. an interception and it got called back. And then they kneeled it on the last drive of the game. So, I mean, they didn't score on that one either. But they probably would have if they wanted to. Right. Um, you know, it, it was it was pretty insane. So, a, a needed bye week. Mm-hmm. Um, Florida State threw the toughest part of their schedule. Uh, Florida has a couple more 
pretty tough mm-hmm. games upcoming. Yeah. Um, I really thought that this Tennessee game was one that Florida needed to win to stay ahead of schedule just because I think that they're going to lose the next two, you know, could upset Texas A&M. I and mean, we'll see when that gets here. Um, but I really thought that this was one that Florida, Florida could use to stay ahead of, ahead of the, you know, potential below 500, right. Get out of this tough stretch at five and four. They could still upset A&M. I mean, I, I don't even put the Georgia one in my mind right now after watching last week, but I mean, they could upset A&M and stay above five and four, but I mean, I think they're going to, you know, they they'll beat Vandy, but then they've got two tough games that who knows how they'll play at the end of the year. I, I think they'll play well and I think they'll be motivated and play hard, but I think the defense has some stuff that they really need to figure out um, for the South Carolina and the Florida state games at the end of the year. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, they've got a lot of stuff to figure out. The bye week couldn't come at a better time. Um, you know what? Let me let me ask that. Would you? So, looking back, I I kind of like the way that our bye week falls as opposed to the way yours does. I would rather have the bye week. If I was you guys, I'd rather just play Georgia this week and then have the bye week after that. Oh, and I'd rather. So have the maybe bye this week. is. So here's why. I'd rather just take my lumps. Like you're not beating Georgia one way or the other. Just like I didn't think we were beating Clemson one way or the other. But it's a chance to regroup before you play. Like. To me, what do you guys? If you guys play Georgia this weekend, I give you like a two percent chance to win. If you yeah. play them, if you played them after the bye week, maybe give you five percent. Like you're going to lose either way. So to me, I, I kind of like the way that we have the bye week after Clemson, not before, because it just gives you a chance to regroup, get healthy, two weeks for that next opponent. I think I think Florida with two weeks for A and M could be really dangerous there, um, as opposed to playing them right after coming off the Georgia game. I don't know. I, 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 there's never a bad time for a bye week, really. So, you know, every yeah. year we always say that, no matter when your bye week is, you're like, whew, come at a perfect time. But I think it could have almost benefited Florida to have the bye week afterwards. Just take the loss to Georgia and then have 13 days to, to go up against AM. I don't know. I don't, I don't really know that I think, uh, I mean, I think the bye week gives you a, a benefit of the doubt before either game, but I don't, I mean, not the benefit of the doubt. It gives you a, an added bonus, you know, before whatever game it's played before, but I don't know that it, I don't know that it changes the outcome for either one of those games for Florida, but I think, um, I, I mean, think Georgia after, has the same bye week, right? Georgia, Georgia has, has bye the week same bye week. Yeah. But I think as a team to, after a loss like that, to take a minute to regroup so that it doesn't, you know, completely spiral is, uh, is good. And, you know, I'm used to Florida having a bye right before for- Georgia as well. At, you know, as long as I can remember, that's the way that it's, that it's been, except for I think COVID year. So, uh, you know, maybe that's just the nostalgia in me, but I feel like it couldn't come at a better time. I feel like they just kind of need to like pump the brakes, reevaluate. I think there needs to be some potentially personnel changes on defense. I also think there needs to be maybe some scheme changes. I think a two weeks kind of gives you the opportunity for that to maybe actually happen. Whereas, you know, one week, it is difficult to make any um, any major changes at all. But, you know, I doubt it changes the outcome for the Georgia game, but if it can get them more prepared for the rest of the season, that would be nice. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know that I really want to watch the Georgia game with you anymore. <laughs> um, we play at noon that day. I'm kind of excited. That way I can give the Georgia game my full attention. I can take my garnet off and put yeah. it right on afterwards. Um I'll get some red for the babies too. So, 
Um, how do you feel about the A&M game? Um, you know, I think that A&M uh, has played a little bit of a roller coaster this season. I think that it is a it's possible that Florida could could beat them. I think it's more than likely Florida does not. Um, but I don't look at it in the same way that I look at the Georgia game. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I think that A&M's been so up and down. Um, you know, I actually thought that A&M was the most likely of the three that you guys could could win. After they got blown out by Mississippi State, they should have lost to Arkansas, um, if not for the weirdest field goal that I've ever seen in my life. They hit the top of an upright. Um, but then they came out against Alabama and, you know, played their tails off on the road in Tuscaloosa, and they were a play away from winning it, right? And so, you know, I think that it's it'll be interesting to see what they do at South Carolina this week then they play Ole Miss at home the week after. And so what do they do in those two games? I mean, they probably yeah. just split them because that's just what right. Texas A&M does. But if sure. they split those two games and they're sitting at four and four and you guys are four and four, you know, then you're playing the who has the better wins, who has the better loss game. And it doesn't really matter, but it's always tough to go on the road and win the SEC. So, yeah, yeah I, I mean, it, I it is. Like Kyle Field is a tough, tough place to play. I, you know, for Florida – Getting bowl eligible is really important. It doesn't really have anything to do with the bowl itself. It has to do with the extra practices that you get. Um, and they are important. And and they are really important when you've got a young team and a new system that's being implemented with new with a new coaching staff. So, I mean, Florida needs to figure out a way uh, to get at least two more. I do think that they do get at least two more. But um, I think they you do know, too. It's, Just for what it's worth. Like I won't – like I, that's – I think they'll. I think they'll lose the next two. I think they'll be South Carolina and Vandy, and then I. Right now, I, I do think Florida State's playing better. Um, we'll see how the next three, four weeks go yeah. before they play each other. But I think they'll lose two, win two, and then lose to Florida State in a close one at the end of the year. That said, if they lose to South Carolina, I don't think they get bowl eligible. Like because yeah. I do think Florida State's better than South Carolina. I think it would be. I mean, obviously, you know what it would take. They'd have to go in and upset it you know, the Knowles at the end of the year, but, mm -hmm. but I do, I still think they beat South Carolina. So I don't think they come to Tallahassee with five wins. I, I think they come to Tallahassee with six already. And the, you know, that one will be for number seven. Um, I think that Florida state goes into that game with seven wins mm -hmm. and that game will, will be the difference between um, seven and eight for Florida state. It'll be the difference between six and seven for Florida. So it'll be important for both of them. Um, uh, you know, both teams, if Florida wins, I think both teams finish seven and five. I yeah. think Florida State beats um, Georgia Tech next week. I think they beat Louisiana the week before they play Florida. And then I think they split with Miami and Syracuse. And then whatever happens in the Florida game happens. So I've got them going either three and two or four and one to finish up. I don't think they go five and oh, but we'll see. Well, we shall see. I'm just, uh, I'm glad my heart gets a break this week. I kind of hate bye weeks, but I get it. Uh, I mean, <laughs> I hate it at the moment. Stuff. I hate it when it's Saturday and you're like, oh, man, it stinks that we're not on. But honestly, I've had a heart attack like pretty much every game of the season this year. And I think it'll be okay that I get, you know, a little bit of a break. We do have pig jig on Saturday, so I wouldn't have even really been able to focus on the game that much anyway. Um, and then Saturday, I'm sure we'll be dragging Eric to some sort of fall filled festival of some sort because there's not that many weeks left before I start decorating the house for Christmas. So, you know, 
We also play Georgia Tech next. So that's another reason I hate the bye. Like, I'd rather just get that game. Like, yeah. we lost three in a row. You know, like, this sucks. I want to yeah. get a good taste back in my mouth. Well, guys, I think that's you different. Guys play Georgia, I think you guys okay. play Georgia next. Yeah. Where it's right. Like, I'm okay with, with <laughs> bye week. We're like, oh, no, let's get, let's get this 3-0 right. out of – Like, yeah. when you play, play South Carolina, like, say you lose the next two – when you play South if our, Carolina the next if week, we had a buy than Vandy, I would probably have yeah, a different feeling. Just, like, let's just go ahead and get this this win going. But so yeah, I can wait a week bef- to watch this play. Is it South Carolina then Vandy, or is it Vandy first? Yeah, South I Carolina. I believe then it's Vandy. South Carolina then Vandy. Yeah, Vandy at the beginning of the year kind of seemed like like I, I I think you guys beat them, but every three or four years Vandy plays Florida so they, close. I don't every every their couple defense of years. Is just, their defense is so bad, but they're scoring twenty eight points a game. Yeah. That's, well, I mean, you guys' defense is so Florida that's can, what worries me the most. That's what worries me the most about AM, by the way, is that their defense is really good. Yeah. So I think they could, they could, I mean, they held Bama to 24. I mean, they could, yeah. they could hold you guys to 17. And, and I think that anyone I mean, in America can score more than 17 on Florida's defense right oh, now. Oh, 100%. I, like, I know, mean, so. I'll be, I honestly will be surprised if they hold Florida's, uh, defense to to 17 points i i mean excuse me florida's offense to 17 forts florida's offense can put up points and they they can score quickly um the honestly really the offense isn't isn't really the problem is it is it uh perfect no you know there's room to grow there's improvement that still needs to happen but florida's offense is pretty darn good that's not really at the moment right it's been very up and down this entire season. But right now they seem to be in a decent spot. I don't, if my offense puts up 35 points, I'm expecting if, if the Florida standard is that that is always good enough for a yeah. victory. They they were definitely better this week. Obviously not very good the week before when they only put up 17. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, better this week and we'll see what the next couple look like. But yeah, I do think Adam's got a better defense than, than LSU. All right. Some picks and we'll get out of here. Um, Oh, one other thing before we do some picks. Who, I mean, we made fun of them and laughed at the beginning of the year, but hats off to Tennessee for a heck of a game. Oh, yeah. Were you able to watch? That was so, so much fun. So we were watching on yeah. the iPad in the car as we were, like, flying up the road to Gainesville, and then Eric had it on his phone as we were walking into the stadium, and then we were in the stadium uh, in time to see uh, – Alabama or Tennessee hit the game winning field goal. We watched Alabama miss it as we were walking in and then watched Tennessee hit the game winner. And yeah, I mean, hats off to Tennessee. I, I don't know if you've seen, there's this picture online. I want to say it's that Alabama has lost six times in the last whatever decade or potentially even further. And every single time the goalposts have, have come down where uh where they have lost which is uh, you know it's because Alabama's the standard right now right like that yeah. that is the standard but very cool Hendon Hooker is uh a stud he's probably the Heisman front runner at at this point um I think he is what a lot of Florida fans were hoping Anthony Richardson would be I um he's good he's really 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 good I and it's such a it's such a hard thing to me to like watch Florida have played Tennessee so closely but then watch them against Alabama and be like, Oh my God, this team is so much better. I, I don't know, but they seem to be getting, yeah, they seem to be getting better as the Tennessee year is on. the real deal. Yeah. Then um, against Georgia is going to be I a think lot so, of fun. But Tennessee generally always does for the last five years. Um, yeah. And that's in like, I don't want to say two, three weeks. Um, so week do, after you guys play them in November, I think, uh, I always have said with Tennessee, like 
the last five years. I'm always glad that Florida plays in the beginning of the season because they ended the seasons so much better than they started. Square one, it seems like things are on the upward trend. They will probably get another shot at, you know, that's uh if I'm that's gonna if be I'm a Tennessee, yeah, if I'm Tennessee, I'm I'm not upset losing that Georgia game, by the way. Like if they lose to Georgia, I wouldn't even be upset about it. You know, Georgia by once you just go to the playoff. So you skip Alabama's rematch. You want to give out you want to give Nick Saban like eight weeks to prepare like how he's got like seven animals well, here's right the thing. now working on a they lose to Georgia close. Yeah, that's why they should just lose. They should just lose a close one. Tell the kicker to miss a kick at the end. Yeah, well, go right I, to the I'm Tennessee and Georgia. Say what? Always blame the kickers. I said always blaming the kickers. Who would it? I see you in your orange shirt tonight to celebrate Tennessee's big win. Who would it hurt? Who Who would you prefer not win the national title more uh, between Tennessee and Georgia? Like, if you have to take your SEC hat off, who would you rather not win more? Did I lose you? It says it's just a bunch of hocus pocus. Oh, yeah. Oh, I was, yeah, I'm right. I, oh. uh, it's not Tennessee Orange, but I would way rather Tennessee win the national title. Like, way rather. Well, they look like the me? team to be right now. Yeah, I got you. Okay, last week, let's recap some of these. We both got Clemson correct. I got Michigan. They were seven point. Oh, I lost Alley. I'll still go through these. Um, I got Michigan over Penn State. Michigan was a seven point favorite. Alabama, uh, we both took Tennessee. So we both got that one. I took Oklahoma State. I got that one by a point. TC was a four point favorite. They won by three. Oh, here comes Alley back in here. Okay. You got me now? All right. Gotcha. Damn internet. All right. Let's go quick again. I'll go through them again. We both got got Clemson. I got Michigan. We both got Tennessee. I got Oklahoma State by a point. They were a four-point underdog, and they lost by three. Um, You got Syracuse over NC State. We both got USC, though they lost the game. They did cover the spread, and I got LSU. I went six and one on the week. You went four and three. I'm at 31 and 20, and you're at 27 and 24. So you're not out of it, but you're like four games back. You need a good week this week. No pressure. Do you know Ohio State is one of like five teams that has not played a ranked opponent yet? They are a 29-point favorite against Iowa. I think that they're going to have seen that they are one of the only teams that haven't played that, and they're going to run this up. So give me Ohio State minus 29. All right. I'm going to pick against Ohio State just because I hate them, and I would like for this to happen. Clemson is a 13 and a half point favorite against six and seven and Syracuse orange. So this is an interesting, uh, this is a really interesting one to me because uh, Syracuse is like the little brother that is doing so well. I think Clemson covers, but I would love to see Syracuse pull the upset. I think Syracuse is going to go on a tough little stretch over yeah. the next few weeks. They've got Clemson. They were fortunate to not have to play uh, Devin Leary, who's out for the year against NC State. Um, but Syracuse's 7 0 is one of the softest 7 0s I've ever seen. 6 0, sorry. was one of the softest 6 0s I've ever seen in my life. They beat Louisville, UConn, Purdue, Virginia, 
Wagner and NC State without their quarterback. Their next five games, oof, buckle up here. They could go 0-5. Uh, Clemson, Notre Dame, Pitt, Florida State, and Wake Forest. Imagine starting 6-0 and and then driving you know, your next five. Yeah. But they finish up with Boston College. They should win that. I think they'll upset either Pitt or Notre Dame, maybe Florida State. But, uh, yeah, murderers row after uh, an easy open to the year. Um, LSU is a one-and-a-half-point favorite at home against Ole Miss. Uh, I'll take LSU here. Um, I'm going to go with Ole Miss. Uh, LSU had a slump buster last week, and that offense is rolling. Oregon is a six-point favorite against undefeated UCLA. I think Oregon wins, but I like UCLA to cover and keep it close here. Tell me the spread oh, again. Chip Kelly, six points. Six points. Uh, give me UCLA. I'm going to say that's the first one that we've agreed on. Bama is a 21-point favorite against Mississippi State. Give me Bama all day nicely. long. Yeah, I think they rebound nice and win that yeah. one. Texas is a six-point favorite at Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State covered for me last week. I'll pick them again this week. Um. Texas did not do well for me last week. So give me Oklahoma state as well. BYU is a seven point favorite at Liberty this weekend. Liberty almost dropped a game in which they were a 21 point favorite last weekend, but I'll always take the flame. So give me Liberty to cover. And win. I give me Liberty too. Last time I picked against them didn't go well. Uh, and Florida is a three point favorite against the bye week this week. I don't know if you guys think you can make it through unscathed or not, but what you got. Here's hoping. <laughs> all right. That's all I got. You got anything before we get out of here? No, I think that's about it. I'm very sad that we're heading into week eight, though. I need time to slow down a little bit. More behind us than we have ahead of us. So No, I don't love that. So, well, minus bowl season, which doesn't mean anything, but at least it's there. Um, sorry. I just had to. Um, we'll be back next week to talk about how neither one of our teams let us down, hopefully. If they let us down this week, it's like major off the field stuff. All right. Um, that's all I got. We'll be back next week to talk about Georgia and Georgia Tech. One expected victory, one expected loss, but college football is crazy. So we'll see what happens. So thank you guys for hanging out. Shout out Brun Insurance, and we will talk to you guys later. Go Knowles. Go Gators. I ended it before you could say that.